Welcome to the Bruins Benders Podcast. It is episode 40. The Bruins are MIA. It's with Maddie and Smitty brought to you on our new home, the Inside the Rink Podcast Network. InsideTheRink.com is your one-stop shop for all your NHL PHF news, insight, and analysis. Follow on Twitter at Inside underscore the underscore rink. And download the new Inside the Rink app to get everything on the website right on your phone. And now Smitty has a quick word from our new show sponsor and friends of Inside the Rink, BetUS. BetUS has your NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year of live betting. Sign up at BetUS.com with the promo code RINK for 125% sign-up bonus. Again, that is BETUS.com. And use the promo code RINK for your sign-up bonus. Play with the proven mainstay in the industry. BetUS. You bet. You win. You get paid. BetUS. Com. What's the over-under and how many more days it'll take to announce Don Sweeney's extension? Are the Bruins actually conducting business right now? I don't know. I think they're on vacation. I feel I like they, they are. On one of those uh, company cruises, they got like a discount probably. <laughs> and they went to, you know, some deserted island together. They're on a booze cruise, like going down the uh, the trials or something. Maybe oh, they're yeah. maybe, maybe they're up in Canada on like the St. Lawrence River just cruising and boozing right now. Yeah, they're ripping pina coladas <laughs> with Bob Sweeney and Sean Thornton. It's <laughs> just that was a good old time because nothing's being done uh, for the Bruins and still no extension for Don Sweeney. And why do you think that is? I I honestly have no idea. If if he's the one they put in charge, like he just fired the coach. Why is there not an extension? Why are they? Why does he not have a contract? Like I just don't understand anything they're doing over there right now. It doesn't make any sense to me. We've said it before. I don't feel like they have a plan. I don't feel like they really. I think it's more of a fly by the seat of their pants type of deal. I uh, like like we were saying previously. Like he told Cassidy he was safe, and then all of a sudden he wasn't. And Neely was like, "Fire him!" And then Sweeney's firing him, and. Now Sweeney doesn't have an extension, but he's the one seemingly in charge of the hockey operations. So it would probably make sense for them to get something done. I mean, I don't hate it other than the fact that it's my team and I don't like them to look like they don't have a fucking clue what they're doing. Um, but I don't really want Sweeney in charge of, of the rebuild. So if they want to if they want to fire his ass tomorrow, that's fine by me. Bring somebody, bring somebody else in to uh, to to oversee the you know the future of the team. Yeah, I think that he's obviously going to be extended. I wonder if just they took such you know a lot of feedback and negative feedback on the Cassidy firing that I I wonder if they just didn't think it was right to extend Sweeney right after that. I don't know. I, I have no idea why they won't extend the or announce the extension because he's obviously still working for them and he's going to pick the coach and then he's going to draft the players. So I, I mean, they wouldn't fire the guy if 15 days from now they're going to be drafting and they don't have a coach. The development camp happens like three days after the draft ends and you have no coach and you have a GM who no one knows has been extended. So I just don't know why you wouldn't just announce it if it was a done deal. Now, 
the whole not knowing what they're doing thing, I just think the players went in and were like, we need a change, and it caught them off guard, I bet. And Neely was like, wait, this is too much backlash here to keep Cassidy, so we have to go in a different direction. And if you're a general manager who thinks you're going to keep the coach and then you're told not to, you don't have a plan for the next coach because you thought you had your guy. Yeah, Evan, and then you run into the whole thing now of, like, if they extend him or don't extend him, like, he picks the coach. Like, how does the coach uh, general manager dynamic work? You know, if he's a lame duck general manager, what's that like? How do, how do you know that they'll have a, a decent working relationship? Like, there's all kinds of things that you need to get ironed out before, you know, the, the draft and development camp and, and all that stuff happens. So they really need to have Sweeney done, have the coach done, and get that stuff ironed out before the draft. Really? Yeah, you do. You do. And, and I, I think if I'm Jay Leach... And I'm interviewing. My first question is, how how long are you staying? What's your extension? Are you locked in for three years? Because if I'm Jay Leach, and they're they're taking a guy who's been in the system, and they haven't reached that far outside of the organization, then I have to be clear that I'm going to have this job more than a year from now, because the new GM, you have no idea if he what he thinks of Jay Leach, right? Or if exactly. he wants to completely blow the thing up and be like, "We're not taking the old Providence coach anymore," right? Like, so that that's the other thing. Like, how 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 is the coach convinced that he'll be here longer than a year if the organization decides to get rid of Sweeney or and or Neely? Yeah, that's why the Sweeney thing I think has to be the first domino to fall because if it's not, you know, you would as a general manager, whoever it is, would want to pick the coach themselves. So all these right. candidates they're throwing out there, if it's not Sweeney, it they might not be the right candidates. They might not be the guys at all. It might be someone right. totally different. Um, and the longer they wait, the less guys are going to be available. So you're not going to get maybe your first choice anyway. You're going to get somebody else's, you know, reject. Oh, we didn't want, you know, so-and-so. So, you know, Sweeney, you know, Cassidy's off the board. It sounds like Tortorella's off the board. It sounds like Trotz may or may not be going to... Uh, to Winnipeg. So um, there's dominoes falling around and the Bruins are just sitting idly by and just watching other teams do things, which is kind of what they do during the season anyways, uh, while other teams go out and make moves and the Bruins just sit there and they're like, oh yeah, we'll add a depth guy, you know, for fun. Um, so I, I, <laughs> I really would like them to blow the whole damn thing up, send Neely out on his ass, get rid of Sweeney, let the new president and or general manager pick the coach and move on from there. Yeah. They just aren't taking, they aren't risk takers as you know, in traditionally, no, and they're not taking the risk to just blow the thing up, rebuild and go, uh, which is probably they're better suited for right now. But you know, with, and the other thing is if you really want to change the way you coach and you really want to kind of change some of that identity, are you really bringing back Jay Leach? You know the old Providence coach who who is you know hasn't been here for like a year. He's he was there five years. Like he's coached all a lot of these guys. Like I don't I don't understand that. Um, Dave Quinn, like he didn't have a great track record in in, in with the Rangers. Um, you know Spencer Carberry. I think if I had to pick one, I'd probably go him just because he's he's sort of outside the organization. He has his own philosophies. He is a up and coming coaching candidate. Mm-hmm. Take that guy over the other retreads and, you know, Charlie McAvoy's former coach and all this stuff. Like, just go a different direction with an up-and-comer who has a real 
um, you know, has real potential to, you know, to be a good NHL coach. And this can be his first stop and you can really strike it here, but who knows? I mean, I just don't know what's going on. It's just, we sit here and we wait and wait and wait. And a draft is coming up and the free agency period is coming up and Pasternak is, you know, who knows what his status is. And it's just, it's to me, it's just mind boggling what, how they've handled this whole thing. Yeah. I'm a hundred, I'm hundred percent with you on, on all of that. And I believe, and I also believe I'm with you on Carberry. Like if I had to choose, he would be the guy just cause he's outside the organization. I don't want leech. Um, right. you know, he's, he's, he's got the same philosophies basically that Cassidy does. I mean, uh, I, I would assume it's the same defensive system. I, I think the Bruins, no matter who comes in, are going to be like, look, the defensive system works here. We're keeping that. If you want to adjust things, it's not defensively. Um, but I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing. I think you. I think if you're looking to to revamp kind of how you play and and the co, you know, who the coach is and and his philosophies, I think you got to listen to what he wants to do. Right. Uh, you know, their their defense isn't really built to score. Uh, and the Avalanche and and Carolina and some other teams have shown you really need to get some production from the back end from your defense. And the Bruins, outside of McAvoy, do not have it. Uh, you can, you can point to Grizzlick and you can point to some other guys, but they really are in the, are in the bottom half of, of point producers in the league. Like they, they don't really produce as much as you think they do. So outside of McAvoy, there's really no one. No, there isn't. And that playoff run in 2011, 54 points from defensemen, Yeah, you know, and several, several goals up and down the roster. Uh, and you had Andy Ferens and Adam McQuaid, and we're not talking Paul Coffey here, right? But they but they chipped in, and they and they you know especially in the playoffs they had fifty four points. Like mm-hmm. you know that was even Thomas Cavalier who got crucified here had like eleven assists in the playoffs. Yeah, like so it's they do need that, and that's something they don't have. They don't have a playmaking center, no, and they don't have enough offensive production from the back end, no. And that's uh, that has to start there. But you're right. They may come in and say, hey, our defensive structure works, even though we fire the Kevin Dean who works with the defenseman. Right. But, you know, that's here than that. Here than that. All right. Seven Sherps time sponsored by Lops Brewing. Lops is a brewing and tasting room in downtown Woonsocket, Rhode Island, specializing in small batch ales and lagers. It's open seven days a week. And you can use the coupon code sports to get 10% off your online order. Go to lopsbrewing.com and follow them at Lops Brewing on social media for new beers and events. And Sherp One, Bruce Cassidy gets five years, $4.5 million contract in Vegas. No state income tax in Nevada. And I think the Bruins bio was about three million. I think that's what his salary was the last year of his contract. Okay. So no wonder why Cassidy is over the moon. <laughs> yeah, I mean he, yeah. he he's collecting from Boston. He's he got a pretty good contract from Vegas. They had a pretty good team. It's a pretty it's a pretty good market. The ownership, uh, it seems to me, has made some aggressive moves. They're in a little bit of cap trouble, but they made some aggressive moves trying to win. So they've shown a commitment to winning there which uh, I don't think he felt like was always there in Boston. And I kind of agree with him on that point. So um, Mm. I feel like it's a good situation for him. He's got some good young players. Um, You know, they have to get some things figured out, but um, good situation, uh, pretty good team. You know, they have some talent. So, you know, it could be a bounce back and right back in the playoffs and and contending. And, uh, you know, I think it's a really good spot for him. I do too. And I, I'm really looking forward to that Jack Eichel relationship with Cassidy uh, to see 
how Cassidy handles that. I mean, he's a star player. He was brought in the big trade. Uh, it didn't go real well first time, you know, first go around. He was coming off major injury. Now he can have what we think is a full season and from start to finish. And it'll be interesting to see how Cassidy handles Eichel because that's really what's going to drive the whole thing is trying to get a really good year out of him. Uh, chirp number two, David Quinn, a front runner, according to reports for the Bruins head coaching job. He's interviewing this week. He failed with the Rangers. This has the makings of being a mistake uh, similar to Dave Lewis. I think so. I think I think yeah. it does have the makings of a mistake. Um, the the interviewing this week part, I mean, who's to say? I, they haven't interviewed anybody. I, don't, I certainly, I mean, there's reports out there that they're interested in some guys, but I haven't heard anyone, anything from anyone, really. No, no one from the team has, has sent anything about interviews. As far as I know, they're just reports from, from you know, plugged in, uh, plugged in sources. So, I mean, who's to say that any of that's correct? They may interview him this week. They may not. I mean, the way they're doing things now, you know, they might not have a coach come, come opening night. I mean, it, yeah. they're just sitting on their hands over there. Radio silence. You know, the Jacobs never talk. Sweeney hasn't talked since, you know, the end of the season pressers. And Neely hasn't talked. Well, since he fired Cassidy. Neely hasn't talked um, since before that. So, you know, you get no communication out of the organization at all. And uh, I just, I think the Quinn thing is going to be a mistake if, if he's there, if he's their top choice. I do too. And like I said, Carberry, even Jim Montgomery, who's, who's probably going to come back and try and prove something. I'd rather do that than yeah. do, than do Leach or Quinn. And they, Quinn's the last guy on the list. Like, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, he, he is. He's, he's below guys who haven't even been mentioned. And I don't even know about, like he's way down the list. So I don't, I don't want him at all. Um, chart number three, other teams are hiring coaches. Florida is going to hire Paul Maurice. Uh, still no announcer from the Bruins. Do you think Don Sweeney's taking his time in an effort to regain the control he might have lost when it came to the coaching? Like, do you think he's making sort of a, you know, a statement of I'm going to take my time doing this because you put me in this situation? That's interesting. I'm not sure if it's that or if it's just <laughs> logistics wise, like I need to figure out when I can get guys in to get interviewed and do they want the job and that kind of thing. Or mm -hmm. if it is kind of, you know, nearly put me on the spot. So now I'm going to, I'm going to take my time and either, you know, show you that I'm in control or take my time in order to say like, I'm, I'm conducting this search thoroughly, you know, everything is going to be, I'm, I'm, I'm on top of it all. I'm, I'm overseeing everything. I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to do it the right way. It's going to be a deep search. I'm going to interview a lot of people, you know, to make sure that we get the right guy. If it's that, I don't know. I, I just feel like they're just dragging their feet, honestly. And, um, I, I just, I'm not real confident in anyone over there making correct decisions. So I don't know if it's anything other than that, other than just like, yeah, we want to interview him, but we just haven't yet. Yeah, and, and that could be it. Um, I think that, you know, Sweeney is meticulous when he, you know, he is sort of, he takes his time when he does things. And whether that's the 2015 draft or trading for Zach Ronaldo or whatever it is, somewhere along the line, he got some cold feet and he doesn't, he's not a risk taker. 
He's he's a guy who wins the trade now, makes sure he wins the trade, really holds out until he does. Uh, free agent signings are typically, you know, bottom six guys. He's not going to go out and get a Johnny Goudreau. He's not. He tried to get Tavares. How hard they tried, I have no idea. But they were in on it. Um, but that's really the only time. That's kind of the exception to the rule. Resigning his own guys, he's been able to sign them for below market value for the most part. So he doesn't take a lot of risks. And I think this probably put him in an uncomfortable position. And I think whether that's causing him to delay some and really take his time, but his neck is on the line. So he can't just go out and hire a guy. No, I mean, his neck is on the line, but is it really? Because he doesn't even have a fucking contract right now. Right. I don't even know how they feel about him. In Boston. Like, I don't even know. I mean, I know how Neely feels about him. He's a former teammate. I'm sure they're friendly. I'm sure, yeah. you know, they stick together. They're, they're a tandem. But I I don't know how, how they feel about him in a way. Like, I don't know if there's an ultimatum. Like, I don't know if right. there's a, you got to do this right the next year or we're going to reevaluate this. It'll say a lot about him and how they feel about him in the extension. If it's one year, then he's on the, he's on the rocks. Oh, yeah. If it's three, then why are we even talking about this? <laughs> like he's going to be here. Right. If it's three or four, like it's, so you're going to see a lot of that. And I think that the Jacobs love the fact that he's kept, you know, for the most part contracts down mm-hmm. and, you know, he's, he's done the right thing when it comes to re-signing players and, you know, I don't, they don't put it, he doesn't put them in a real jeopardy. They've competed and they've gone to the second round. They were four years in a row. And then they went to the first round again here and, They've gotten some playoff gates, so I think they they probably like him more than fans do. Oh yeah, Boston. well they definitely so I, do. They do. So I, they definitely. So do. I don't know. I I think there's going to be a multi year extension. I really do, and it's and how they come out and say it is going to be telling because I think it's going to be multi year and the fans are going to have a conniption. Yeah, I think I, I think I think that's true, but I I think another reason that they could be waiting is just because they need the extension to get finished. <laughs> and maybe, you know, he's on right. vacation or Neely's on vacation or the Jacobs are yeah, on vacation and maybe time to go. And maybe that's what's holding everything up is that right. they just are waiting for someone to get back from vacation so they can sit down, hammer it out. He signs the extension and then they can move forward with hiring the coach and, and, and yeah. doing all that stuff. It could be as simple as that. Yeah. I mean, and you know, I'm not canceling my trip to Aruba. I need to, <laughs> I need to get that in before we do anything. Yeah. Even though development camp. Got to get that in. vitamin C. Yeah. Uh, trip number four, Bruins development camp is coming up July 11th to the 15th. Might not see Fabian Lysel as he is playing with a loaded Swedish team, the world juniors. This team is loaded. I mean, they have top picks like six of them, six or seven of them yeah. on that team, including the goaltender. Um, not sure. The roster hasn't come out yet. Not sure if Lysel will be on it or not, but it'll be interesting to see. I, I'm going to pay a little bit more attention to it than in past years, obviously, because they need their prospects to grow and develop. They do. I haven't really kind of thought about it in the past because they had such a good team mm-hmm. and no real, not a ton of spots, but now they potentially will. Yeah, they will. And uh, I, I think, you know, it, it will be a lot of, you know, the, obviously the younger guys. I think they do invite uh, the draft picks, at least the, the higher level draft picks. I think you'll see 
some of the guys um, in their pipeline now. I think Mason Lowry will be invited. I think you'll see Brett Harrison there. Some of those guys will be invited, uh, and then they'll return them back to you know their college or, or juniors or whatever the case may be. But um, yeah, I think I think you'll see some uh, you'll see some talent there. I don't think Lysal will be there because he will be on the junior team. So I think he'll probably um, skip it just because, uh, you know, the, the junior team won't want him to be injured going into that uh, tournament. Um, sure. But, but yeah, it's, it's definitely worth keeping an eye on to see um, if there's anybody that stands out there, anybody that pops, and, and hopefully there is. Hopefully there's a few guys, and hopefully they're centers and, and uh, scoring defensemen. <laughs> there are a couple of prospects, Ty Gallagher and Riley yep. Duran, yep. who are going to uh, the, the uh the junior evaluation camp mm-hmm. uh, in late July and early August. So those are two late round picks and Gallagher's really seen to come into his own. He's at BU. Yeah. He had a good first year. Mm-hmm. He really wasn't a top prospect, but he's, he's shown potential now. So that might be a sleeper seventh round pick. Duran's a kid from Woburn that mm-hmm. has good size, but he's 20 already. And, uh, you know, in, in hockey, the clock ticks pretty quickly. So he, um, you know, we'll see what kind of development he makes there. But that was uh, two out of the 60 people who are uh, sent to the evaluating camp, uh, and they were chosen as Bruins prospects. So that was good for them. Uh, Trip number five, Charlie McAvoy, fourth in the Norris. He made some strides this year, obviously, and offensively was one of the strides he made. And he had more votes than Adam Fox. So that was a, um, a good development for him. I think that was good for him to get. You know, fourth, even though it was a distant fourth, he was uh, he's already leaped over Fox. Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly, in in my mind, he's um, one of the top two or three defensive defensemen in the league, in my opinion. Right. And it's just the offense that's holding him back from winning the award. Like if he if he put up the same type of points that that Yossi and, and Makar and Hedman had put up, I think he wins the award going away. Um, just because he plays in all situations, he's, he's more physical maybe than, you know, both of those guys ex- with the exception of Hedman, um, just because he's so big and has the reach and, and so forth. But, uh, mm. he's really rounding into a, a great, great all around defenseman. Uh, I think it's really just, you know, adding some more offensive, you know, touch around the net, you know, hitting the net more, shooting more. Um, you know, the passing's always been there. He he makes some unbelievable passes and and it's to the point where guys on the team aren't scoring on his passes cuz I don't think they're expecting the pass to get through or to be there. He just right. has such great vision like guys yeah. are fouling it off rather than putting it in because they're like, "How did it fucking get to me?" Right. Um, right. You know, there's there was a handful of those all year where you're like, Oh Jesus, why didn't he finish that? And it's, and I think it's more like the player is surprised that the, that he, that he gets the puck to them in those situations. Um, so it's really just a matter of points to me before he's, you know, consistently top three and he'll win one in the next few handful of years. I think. I think so too. And I looked at the the list and look, Yossi's 32 and Hedman's 31. Yeah. So when you say Makar, obviously 23 and young stud and will be for many years. Yeah. But then there's McAvoy. Yeah. I mean, it, after that, it's Fox. And then the, the list gets thin, you know, in the, the list that I saw. I mean, some guys were a little bit older. And so I think it's McCarr and McAvoy for a good five years. Yeah, I think you'll, I think, battling back and forth. yeah, I mean, I think uh, Mo Sider, who, who won the Calder with Detroit, I think it's going to be, 
um, Makar, McAvoy, Cider, and Fox kind of all right. together for the next handful of years, you know, battling out in the top four for the for the Norris. And I think they'll probably take turns winning them. Um, you know, if, if Makar is putting up these type of seasons, though, 28, 30 goals and, and 80, yeah, 85, that's... 90 points, like it's going to be tough to top that. Um, but, right. you know, McAvoy being such a, a complete defenseman uh, and, and Cider as well, I think that will help those guys. Yeah, and I think that, um, you know, McAvoy, I think he can be better. The, the only problem I think he might have is if the Bruins dip here and, and don't make the playoffs for a year or two, that could hurt. Yeah, you know, could. McCarr is in the finals. Hedman's in the finals. So it's, you know, you have to, you know, your team success plays a little bit of a part in it. It's hard to win the Norris when your team is in second to last place. Right, yeah. You know, I so mean, Fox was Fox was Eastern Conference finals, right. so, like, yeah. Right. So I mean, there. that it, it does matter for sure. Yeah. Uh, number six, trip number six, Jam- Jeremy Swayman, fifth in Calder voting. He's an RFA after next season. Big, big year coming up for Swayman. And I thought fifth was the right spot for him in the Calder, to be honest. Yeah, I think so too. I think, I think he had a really good year. I think he was the best uh, rookie goalie and, and that showed he was uh, whatever, all rookie team. As as a goalie, so uh, you know, I think that uh, he certainly earned that and deserved that. He had a he had a very good season. You know, there's still some things he needs to work on as far as rebound control and playing the puck and handing off to defensemen and things like that. Um, Seeing the puck through screens and and so Mm -hmm. forth. But um, yeah, he had a really good year. I think I think they will sign him as an RFA. I think there's no reason not to. I think if you're looking to uh, you know continue you want him to continue obviously that upward trend um so maybe you sign him to a little bit of a bridge deal here hopefully uh maybe like a two or three year at at not outlandish money and then if he's uh continues on that upward trajectory then you sign him to a longer term bigger money deal because goalies tend to get better as they gain more experience in the league and so forth Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, after a few years, you know, all Mark's contract, the, the cap will go up. His, his contract will be, uh, pretty easily, easy to move, I think. So, um, you know, you'll have your number one guy and, and, uh, you know, he'll be in decent shape there, I think. Yeah, I think so. I think, I think obviously with McAvoy, they re-signed Parsonak, uh, and they have Lindholm and they have Swayman. And that's, that's just a good start mm-hmm. if you're rebuilding. Yeah. Um, and then trip number seven. All right, in your opinion, who is the next coach of the Bruins? Your prediction? My prediction of who I want it to be or who I think it's going Hopefully, to be? Who you think they'll take? I think it's going to be David Quinn. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. I think it's going to be really? David Quinn. I think it's going to be Charlie McAvoy and uh, Matt Grizzlick's, uh college coach. I think they're hoping that he learned from his experience with the Rangers and he's better in the second go around. He was uh, the coach of the, what was he, coach of the uh, the men's junior yes. or whatever, international, whatever that tournament was. It's yeah. not juniors because it's, it's men's, but no, like that. It's the world so championships. Just the world championships, like, yeah. yeah. So he was right. the coach over there for that team. Um, they seemed, they had a bunch of young guys. They seemed to play pretty hard. Um, so I could see that <laughs> carrying some weight with them for whatever reason. Uh, so I think it's going to be David Quinn. I, uh, like we talked about earlier, he would be last on my list of the, of the five candidates that they, that they, uh, that they gave in, in the, in the, you know, news reports of, of the candidates. Uh, I don't want mm-hmm. him at all. I would rather it be. Like you said, Spencer Carberry, 
um, Jim Montgomery, Mark Savard, someone other, uh, you know, um, Marco Sturm, someone, someone not David Quinn or Jay right. Leach, who I think are the, who I think probably are the two finalists, honestly. I've heard that they are, and then I heard that it was expanded to five. But again, we're hearing these reports from whispers from this mm-hmm. executive and this guy over here, and nothing from the team. Like there's no. nothing tangible. No. So I hear I hear Leach and Quinn, and I hear that Quinn's the front runner, and I'm like, oh no. And then I hear the next day, well, there's five candidates, and they're all coming in. Okay, how long is that going to take? And then I hear, well, you know, maybe it's Spencer Carberry, and so I have no idea. I think that. You know, it, do you think that part of the reason why they go with Quinn is because they had some issues with the players and the coach, and they're going to go with McAvoy and Grizzlies coach just so they to try to avoid that, to try to get a guy who they who they know that at least a couple of players like? It's like that's insane. It is insane, and and if they hire if they hire him for that reason, Sweeney will be out soon. Like he'll be fired. Yeah. If you start listening to the media about what kind of decisions you need to make, then you're, you're already on your way out. Like you can't, you can't manage an organization that way. So if that's the reason that they do it, he'll, he'll be, he'll be done very quickly. Right. Um, I, I, I I hope it's not the reason, um, but it, it, it could be that he has some familiarity with those guys. And I think that will play a part in it for sure. I think that's part of the reason that, that he's, under consideration in the first place. It certainly isn't his fucking track record. Like his, the no. BU teams weren't really any good. No, the, they, they declined after Parker left. And yes. So the BU yeah. teams weren't really any good. His Rangers teams were bad. So right. what, what makes you think he would be successful? It, that, that's yeah. the, like, why, why is he even a candidate? I don't know. I don't know either. I don't. I don't know. And I, it, he's not a can. He's just not a candidate for this. Like I, I would rather go with a Spencer Carberry. But I'm. I'm going to go with that. They're going to hire Jay Leach, and I'm just going to sh- shake my head and and hope to God that you know maybe it's just a, a bridge coach. You know, maybe it's just a coach who can try to develop the the players, the young players. And, uh, you know, retool the roster. And then when it comes down to it, they evaluate whether Leach should stay. I mean, maybe it's like a three-year deal. And they just evaluate it at the end of it. And it's kind of a bridge type of ML car situation where he's taking a bullet type of thing. But I, dude, I I say go with like a carburetor. Go with somebody else who has, you know, even go with Mark Savard. Sturm just got the job at yeah, Ontario Reign. Yeah. So it it's, wouldn't be him. But no. maybe, you know what? Marco, stay close to the phone because next year could be you could be the guy because I, I don't know what they're doing and I don't know what the direction they're going in. Do you think Sweeney would resign? No. Yeah, I, I don't think so. I don't I, 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 I don't think he would. Briefly. Yeah, I don't think he would. I think it's more of, you know, like I, I we have unfinished business and like, you know, I want to okay, I want to, you know, he just seems like such a like. I don't know. I don't know what the right word He's is. It's, yeah. I, I, I mean, yeah. it's not like tight ass or smart ass, hard, hard ass or anything, but he, I just feel like he, he's like, I got a job to finish. Like I'm principled and I, I, I'm not going to leave these guys in the lurch. Like I got things I need to do here and, and right. I gotta, I gotta finish this off the best way I know how, like fuck off, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Like you, you've been bad at yeah. most things yeah. regarding right. to your job. Like <laughs> right. get out of here. Right. 
Yeah, it, it says a lot that other teams aren't looking at him. Like, if he was a pretty good coach, like, look at it. If he was a good GM and they won in 2019 and they went on a run to, like, the Eastern Conference Finals this year and his contract is up and they were dicking around, there would be other teams, like, calling on him. Yeah, absolutely. Like, that what would are you be. doing with Sweeney? It's like, yeah. Jesus, you won a cup three years ago and mm-hmm. you guys made a good run this year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he has he, – he, he signs his players for reasonable deals. Like, he's got some sort of magic there. What's what's his deal? But they haven't. No. To, to our knowledge at all. Like, no one said that. Like, he has to get a job at, like, Target if he gets fired. Yeah, he I mean – that. Have, like, he – you know. I, I, think, I think the league nowadays, especially nowadays, with the salary cap and, and with the way the, the league is trending in general, you have to have good young talent. And the way yeah. to get good young talent – is through the draft, and he's mm-hmm. terrible at that. So why on earth would anyone hire that guy to mm-hmm. oversee their organization when the guy can't draft? I mean, he just can't. Mm-hmm. He just right. can't do it. Right. I mean, you would, yeah. you would, you would be better if if you were Felger and Maz, and you were throwing, and he was throwing a magic marker at a fucking magazine. He would yeah. do a better job. Yeah. Then because he'd at least have the top 10 ranked players. You know what I'm saying? He wouldn't have to go. You don't reach. You don't throw it off the fucking window to reach for a guy when you're throwing it at the magazine. Like this, there's, there's rated players there. So he at least takes one of those. Yeah. I think if, you know, if they had a first round pick this year, I would, I would seriously consider you and I throwing things at a magazine and seeing if we could pick better than they could pick. Yeah, I'm, 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 we're going to do that next week. We're going to take a magazine of some sort or, or a chart. I'm going to print off of like, you know, 49 to 60. Cause I think they draft like 54. Well, we're going to hit a guy 49 to 60. You're giving him a lot of credit. 49 to 160. 49 to 260. Yeah, right. Motherfuckers. Right. Yeah, we're going to hit a guy and we'll see if we'll hit like three guys and see if any of them any of them hit because I don't, I don't know what they're going to do. And I, you know, I'm, I'm looking at some of the guys that people are projecting. I'm like, there's no way they're picking that guy. There's no way they're picking that guy. Just by, just by the descriptions of the guys, there's no way they're picking that guy. I, I, you know, you know what else we should do is we should just take whatever the central scouting ranking is at the time of the draft and, and just say, this is so the Bruins would have these guys if they followed central scouting and then see how those guys over the years, how those guys, um, compare to the guys they actually pick. That's that's a great idea. We should do that. Yeah, we should do that. Um, yeah. So I think it's going to be Jay Leach, and you think it's going to be Dave Quinn, and I'd rather it be Spencer Carberry or someone like that. Yeah, me too. All right, time for random throwback draft. In this week, we're doing the 10 year anniversary of the 2012 NHL entry draft. Number one overall, Niall Yakupov of the Edmonton Oilers who ended up playing 350 games in the league in a minus 89. Did he go back to uh, the KHL? He is back with the, uh, yeah, he last played in 17-18. Yeah. Colorado Avalanche. So he's been gone four years. Mm. Um, Ryan Murray, defensive for the Blue Jackets, went second. Alex Galchenyuk. Griffin Reinhardt played 37 games. He was drafted by the Islanders fourth, and then fifth was Morgan Riley. Lampus, Hampus Lindholm was number six that year. Uh, the Bruins took, with a 24th pick in the draft, do you remember who this guy is? I have no idea. Malcolm Subban, goaltender that they didn't need when they had <laughs> Tim Thomas and Tuka Rask. They didn't need one. 
Well, they took Malcolm Subban, who played 86 games in the National Hockey League, right before Jordan Smoltz uh, and uh, what's about Tanner Pearson. There's some guys in there. That's a shit draft, I tell you. Yeah, it, is. it really is. I mean, from the top down, I mean, we saw what was it, the 2003 draft was ridiculous with Bergeron and right. all those centers. Yeah. Um, so then uh, no no second round pick, third round pick, Matt Grizzlick. Okay. Was picked third round, 85th right. overall, right before Colton Pareko. <laughs> wow, <Anderson>. that hurts. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, fourth round draft pick for the Boston Bruins. They did not, looks like they did not have one. Fifth round, Seth Griffith was picking the fifth round. He played 80 games, had 19 points. He did? He, he had 19 points. He played 80 games. Yeah. I thought I can I can't remember him playing for the Bruins. I can only remember well, playing for the Providence for Toronto, Bruins. Florida, oh, okay, okay. Buffalo. Okay. He bounced around. Okay. He actually played twenty one games each for Florida and Buffalo. Okay. Which I didn't realize because he, he was not very good. Well those he teams was, sucked at the time though. They did. Well, I mean and Buffalo his, still sucks. And he was the typical prospect that people kept talking about. Like yeah. you wait for Griffith. Oh yeah. You wait for him. Sure. Um still waiting. Not a lot went still out. waiting. Still waiting. Yeah, not not a lot. Alex Alex Kerfoot, Colin Miller went after him uh, in the fifth round. Sixth round pick, Matthew Benning, a defenseman who played 366 games in the league. Matt Benning. He did? Large, largely for Edmonton and Nashville. Wow. Yeah. And he finished, uh, he actually played this year for Nashville. He was a hub of the 65 games minus 24 on nice. Nashville. Holy smokes. Uh, so Matt Benning went in the sixth round, and then the last round was Colton Hargrove is a left winger who never played a sniff in the NHL. Oh, I can remember him in Providence, too. At all. Um, so that was, a, that was a really weak draft. In fact, there's not many guys. Jacob Slavin, he was, uh, he was 120th. Okay. So that was a pretty good pick there. But Athanasiu was picked in that draft. Cedric Paquette, you know, not 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 a lot. It was a it's a Gothis Bear. Not a, not a great draft at all. No, sounds pretty terrible, honestly. Yeah, Colton Franco would look pretty good in the Bruins. Yeah, he certainly would. Yeah, exactly the type hey. of guy you want. Oh yeah, I mean that's that's the guy that beat you. Mm-hmm. One of the guys that beat you in 2019. It yeah. was a friggin' brick wall. Sure, he was. Yep. Uh, go to insidetherink.com for Bruins Benders merchandise. Some some t-shirts and some hoodies on there. Follow us at Bruins Benders on Twitter, Instagram, or on Facebook, or on YouTube. Download the Inside the Rink app. You can get everything on the website right on your phone. You can buy some of our merch on the phone there, too. July 7th and 8th, NHL draft. July 13th, free agency begins, and hopefully there's a general manager and head coach of the Boston <laughs> Bruins when all that occurs. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I don't know. Next week, is, uh, next week is Smitty's birthday episode. Yeah. So we'll have to do something extra special next week. Can we get a coach or a couple of centers? Yeah. Can we do well, that for we'll me? we'll interview the coaches on our episode next week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can we have a coach? Can I coach the team? That would be cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? Maybe I should interview you with the questions I think Don Sweeney asks. Let's do that segment. Sounds like it. That's right. Yeah. You'll be, the, you'll be the head coach. I'd like to coach the team. Sure. Oh, I would too. I can't skate, but it doesn't matter. No. Neither can half the team. No. All right. So, hey, everybody, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you again next week. Thanks a lot, everybody.
Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.